and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sundula, and I use she, they pronouns. My name is Claire. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. Uh, welcome back to our second episode of The Ship's Ascendancy, where we talk about Star Wars ships and not the like flying through space kind, the like romantic kind. So um, today we're doing rare pairs. Last week we did enemies to lovers. Um, these these ships are not canon just like by the way most of the ships we're going to be talking about in this series are not canon um because we don't really like a lot of the canon ships not gonna lie like like maybe i like i like some of them but like like bail and brea organa yeah i like (laughs) the telesola and zine rala (laughs) like that's it um but today i'm going to we're going to be talking about two Two High Republic ships, actually. Um, mine is mine is Bell Reith, if you've ever heard of them. Bell Zetafar and Reith Silas. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm so sorry, first of all. Second of all, you know that I am actually um, the CEO of Bell Reith. I did create this ship a few months this ago. This is the second week in a row that you brought a ship that you literally... That I literally created. <laughs> because, well, maybe I'm just smarter than everyone else you know (laughs) like maybe I just like really know what's up um but yeah that's my rare pair for today what is yours Claire so today I am bringing Lorna D and Sestin Blinn from the Tempest Runner audio drama by Kevin Scott which is great go listen to our episode about Tempest Runner that's actually a good episode yeah we actually sounded really smart in that one so (laughs) we had some we had some good thoughts (laughs) Not like this. Not like this. <laughs> so Bell Reith, um, maybe maybe they're just everything actually. Uh, Bell Zetafar and Reith Silas, two Jedi Padawans in the High Republic series uh, that's going on right now. Super awesome. They are part of Phase One. They won't be present in Phase Two, but hopefully they'll both be present in Phase Three, where they will be boyfriends. I'm working on it, guys. I really am. Um, but I unfortunately don't have the power to write a Star Wars novel at the moment, at the moment, but one day, one day we'll add them uh, to the, this is the Disney canon. Right now they're just a part of the Fulcrum Transmissions canon. Um, Where to start? They're, they've never met. I was going to say, like, let's go back to when they first met, which was never. (laughs) Which was literally never. The only mention that we have in any of the books that they even know each other is in The Fallen Star, uh, where Belle Zetafar says, sees Nan, who I love so much, uh, sees Nan, and he's like, oh, that's the guy that Belle, not that Belle, <laughs> Belle Zetafar says, wow, that, that Nan girl, that's the one that Reith Silas talked about. Um, she's really dangerous. We don't know if he was actually in the room with Reith when, when Reith was talking about Nan. We don't know. Uh, but I know 
This is where we diverge from the Disney canon into the Fulcrum Transmissions canon. Bells out of our group on Elfrona, uh, we, from what we can conclude with context clues, he has never left Elfrona up until uh, Light of the Jedi. Did he even leave Elfrona in Light of the Jedi? I really don't think he did. I think the entire no, time. They were like above Elfrona, but I guess at the very end, he's at the dedication. But... So true. So true. At Starlight Beacon, where Wraith Silas does go sometimes. Uh, anyways, so so here's my, here's my, um, here's how they happen. It is post-Vallo, uh, which if you don't, if you're not updated with the High Republic series, uh, Vallo, there was an attack on this planet that basically destroyed a lot of people um, and basically the whole planet. Bell Zedifar was there. Reese Silas was not. He was busy. He was busy. We don't know what he was doing, but he was busy. Um, after that, though, we know that Bell Zedifar, he does go back to Starlight Beacon. Who else is on Starlight Beacon after Valo? Reese Silas. We know that for a fact because he's there uh, uh, during Out of the Shadows, which takes place a few months after the attack on Valo. He's also there during Midnight Horizon, my favorite book of all time. Uh, Bell Zedifar is not present in Midnight Horizon. I'd say that's my only critique of the book, really, uh, that he's not there. That's how we could have made the book even more gay than it already is, <laughs> having Bell Reef be canonized in there. It's okay. It happened, you know. We'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, so basically... I think that they met on, on Starlight Beacon. This is after Loden Greatstorm, spoilers for the High Republic, dies in a passion. Loden Greatstorm dies. Um, that was Belle's first master. And Reith Silas's first master was Jorah Molly. She also died at the very, very beginning of the High Republic series. Rest in peace, girly. Miss you so much. They both have dead masters. They both have shared trauma. They bond over it. Like it's it's literally perfect. Like they're literally perfect for each other. They complement each other so well. Reith Silas is very book smart. He loves to read. He loves information, uh, attaining knowledge through reading. And whereas Belle is more of a retaining knowledge through experience kind of person. And they're both so insanely smart. Um, and they're also really smart in their own ways. I feel like there's a lot of things that Bell has to learn uh, very early on in the High Republic series, whereas Wreath really doesn't get there until the very end. Uh, I think a lot of the letting go and loss and like dealing with tra like tragedy and loss is something that Bell has to go through very early on um, because he is seen missing Loading Great Storm for the entire duration of the Rising Storm of this entire book. Whereas we don't really see Wreath mourn Jorah Molly um, in, in a sense, in the same way that, that Belle grieves Loden. We don't really see that. We only see it in Into the Dark for a couple pages because there's so much going on during the time that Jorah Molly dies, the attack on hyperspace is happening. The Drengir have just reemerged and are literally trying to kill Wreath. 
So Reith has a lot going on. He doesn't get to grieve in the same way that Bell gets to grieve because Bell immediately after Loden is taken, which he thinks, which everyone thinks he's died, but he's just actually kidnapped by Markian Rowe. Literally meet me in the pit, Markian Rowe. I will slap you for that. That is so rude of you. Um, they, Bell gets time to grieve. He has a very, very healthy support system. He has Buriaga, who's his best friend. He has um, Joram, not Joram Molly. He has Indira Stokes. <laughs> wow, I almost just forgot Indira Stokes' name. That's so disgusting. Bree Silas does not have a very great support system, um, mostly because Orla Jereni, who is very dear to him, pretty much leaves. She like books it right after Into the Dark. Uh, Joramali has died. He doesn't really have close friends at this point in time. He had, he's just left Coruscant where all of his friends were. He wasn't planning on coming back. Um, and so he doesn't really have a good support system. And his new master is Comac Fidus. Comac Fidus, girly, I love you so much, but you are so emotionally unavailable that it's embarrassing. And why, like, Reed Silas is an emotional guy. Like, he really needs that help. Um, so where does he, where does he seek it? Through Bell's Edifar. Because Bell already has a support system. He doesn't really need to go out and find someone else to help him. He's already, he's got that handled, you know? He's going to therapy. Reed Silas could never. So in the Fulcrum Transmissions canon, they meet on Starlight Beacon. Wreath has had no outlet to express his his loss, his his grief with losing his first master, and he doesn't really know where to go from here. He feels slightly lost, and we see that um, in Out of the Shadows, where the the way he is going, he's kind of like, I really don't know what's next right now. I really just don't. Uh, and towards the end, he kind of figures it out, and then he loses it again in Midnight Horizon. Love you so much. Love you so much, Reith. Uh, you're really just, you're really just a 17-year-old boy. Um, anyways, so he he finds that outlet for his his grief in a healthy relationship with Bell, where Bell can be like, it's okay. I've been through this before. And I think that that bonding over shared trauma, over similar trauma, is something that is can bond you so strongly. And oftentimes I think it can bind you maladaptively. And so it's not always a great thing. However, because I've created this in my head, they have a, a extremely healthy relationship. And I think a lot of this is due to the fact that they are apart for so long um, because you know they both have different missions to go on. Bella's out fighting the Nihil. I have no idea what Reith is doing this time. It's kind of unclear. He's doing something with Comac. I think they're like digging up artifacts or something. Yeah, they went on a mission and like saved some, uh, some like library or something and like saved a bunch of resources. I know everything about Comac Vitus. No, I, I only know this actually because I wrote a fic about what they were doing. Um, <laughs> He's done one line in Out of the Shadows. Was Belle, was Belle Zetifar in this? No, it was just Reith and Comac. Okay. We're going to have to update the, the canon. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're apart for a long time. And I love these relationship dynamics where people are apart for a very long time and have to come back together. 
those are just everything to me. I think they're so cute. Like, it happens a lot with the Jedi, right? Because Jedi are off doing their own things. So when we have these illicit affairs between the Jedi, they're kind of, you know, they're really spicy and they're really emotionally felt. Um, also, because this is during the High Republic era and the High Republic era is better than literally any other era, I have a feeling that a lot of people know about Belle and Reith being together. And I don't think a lot of people care. I really don't. I know for a fact that Indira Stokes knows about it and she's all for it. She's she's making time in between their missions for them to meet up again. You know, like she's really she's really doing everything for her gay son. We love a girl boss and her gay son. Like that's just it. Um, whereas Comac, Comac is just gay, you know? So he's like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. And it's canon actually that he has been there because he is a gay man and he also has been in love once. Everyone knows it. It's literally a line in Into the Dark. Um, I really did think that Comac and Cantum Psy had like a past. I really did. Maybe it's only because of that fanfic that I read like a million years ago. No, but like before Midnight Horizon, I was like, maybe they're going to kiss in Midnight Horizon. Me too. I still think they should have. I still um, think that Comac should kiss Stellan on the mouth, but that is neither here nor there. Yeah, he'd have to hold his breath. Why would you say that? <laughs> it's so good. I was about to see that the fight elves are man, but I guess we're just going right to that. <laughs> oh, we should have done Stellzar. Maybe that should have been the ship that I brought. He's the only person who's good enough to join the Firebrands polycule in my mind. Sorry, everyone else. But I disagree. Who I think Phantom Psy would would make a great uh, firebrand. But I think it's like only Cantum and Stellan. No, yeah. Like I don't think Cantum like, at all could stand Elzar Man, but they are besties with Avar Chris. And so they're kind of like like an offshoot of the polycule. They're, well, that's what like they all have like their outside people. Like Elzar has Kevin Tar and okay. Avar has like 30 women. Avar has literally every single person on Starlight Beacon. (laughs) It's true. I'm one of them. Anyway, um, but I think that Comac could be a part of the polycule. I think it would be like, okay, here, I've thought about this a lot. Here is like the Firebrand's polycule in my mind. So it's like Avar and Elzar and Stellan, and they're all connected like every which way. It's a triangle. It is a triangle. And then there's Comac, but he's only connected to Elzar and Stellan. So it's like a like, Right. It's like a parallelogram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making hand signals as if this isn't literally a podcast. Um, Maybe I'll post a graphic. Anyway. (laughs) I post a chart of the firebrands. Anyway. But that's. We need it. We need a a graphic for the fulcrum transmissions canon anyways. You really do. There's a lot going on. It's growing every week. That's going to be something that we have to add to every week. So maybe we'll publish it with our our fulcrum transmissions canon podcast <laughs> um anyways i don't remember, really remember where i was at with bell wreath other than the fact that this is when it this is when it gets dark this is when it gets dark the fallen star happens okay unfortunately things happen in that book and um 
Oh my gosh, I almost forgot when Loden died. I was like, yeah, he died at the end of that book. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Anyways. I wish um, we made it that long. <laughs> rest in peace, Loden Great Storm. You deserve the world. Um, but yeah, so the Fallen Star happens. And Belle is distraught. Distraught. He's distraught. He's just lost Briaga. He's just lost half of Starlight Beacon, as has everybody else. And then there's Wreath, who was not on Starlight Beacon. And I feel like that is going to play such a huge part if we get these characters back in phase three, which I'm sure that we will. Um, I think that Wreath not being on Starlight at the time of its destruction is going to impact him a lot because, yes, he was doing such important work on Corellia. He saved so many people but he still wasn't there. You know, he wasn't on Starlight. And I think that's going to affect Belle and Reese's relationship actually in the future. Um, I love how I'm saying this, like it's actually going to happen, but I do think it's- we don't know. (laughs) Uh, And so I think that, you know, they, we know at the end of phase one that they are all going back to Coruscant. All the Jedi are getting called into Coruscant to figure it out. So slay of them, by the way, the Republic era could never, they could never- so, you know, Belle and Reith, they meet up. Uh, they're super worried about each other. They were like, I didn't know if you were alive. <sighs> Missing presumed dead is such a horrible phrase that is literally tattooed into my brain. But we know that Zine is is the biggest Belle Reith shipper, right? Like, that's just canon. Like, we know that for a fact. Zine Rala is literally off finding Lula, as she should uh, and Farzala, of course, but I do think that Farzala is dead. So upsetting, so dark. I really do think he's dead in real life, um, not just in the Fulcrum Transmissions canon. Life. But <laughs> no, this actually happened, didn't you know? <laughs> I saw it on the news the other day. Are you Farzala getting updates on your phone right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think that, you know, Belle is going to be like, I need to get back out there and I need to go find Buriaga. Because that's what he wanted to do at the end of the book, at the end of The Fallen Star. Wreath, being the supportive boyfriend that he is, is going to be like, yes, absolutely, you should go. But I do think Wreath feels that his place is on Coruscant. I don't think he is going to be one of the people who are out there searching for the lost Jedi, the lost people who are on Starlight. I think he's going to be like, no, my place is on Coruscant. I have to do the work here because that's where he started. And that would be a full circle moment for him, especially now that he is a knight. Spoilers for Midnight Horizon. <laughs> because now he's a Jedi Knight. Um, and so I think that, you know, this is this either causes a riff in their relationship or it makes it stronger. Zine Rala and Bel Zetafar, though, going out there and looking for Buriaga and Lila Talasola so true so true are you kidding me i would i would i would sponsor that like i would pay all the money in the world to have that written anyways what wreath is doing i don't know but that's basically where we're at in the fulcrum transmissions canon with their relationship they're super cute and i love them so much any thoughts on bell wreath um first of all this has nothing to do with bell wreath i just remembered i was gonna say it earlier and i forgot which is that before I decided on Lorna and Sustin, my other option was Imri Cantaros and Honesty Weft. But Save then I remembered that I can't talk about Imri Cantaros without like having a meltdown. So I decided not to bring them. Um, but they are boyfriends. Them, they are they are boyfriends. 
that scene in Mission Mission to Disaster. Disaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost said Mission Horizon. So uh, true. Where's that novel? <laughs> Bring that out of the vault. Oh my god. Anyway, but I'm not. I can't talk about that little guy. I'll like cry on the podcast, and that would be embarrassing. Um, as if you know, because you've never done that before. I know, but I don't want to do it today. So I decided to bring some girl bosses. Um, sure. But no, I think Bell and Reith is so slay. And yeah, I think that like there is a line with like relationships where you bonded over trauma. Trump, but oh my gosh, why am I like losing it tonight? <laughs> where you bond over trauma mm-hmm. can be like really bad and unhealthy for everyone involved. But they also like can work. There's just right. like, a line when you like, write or something like that so when phase three is being written and they're writing canon bell wreath like they're just gonna have to like take that into consideration of course. um might i recommend getting in contact with suzanne collins because she's laid that but anyway <laughs> yeah with you so spoiler alert for phase three suzanne collins is actually writing a novel oh, even joke about that. i would <laughs> i would die i would literally pass away like you'll not be hearing from me again so beside the point um and also my other thought about bell wreath is that indira stokes and comac vitus are actually best friends also in the fulcrum transmissions canon that is true. and probably in real canon because like hello um you're really gonna pretend like they wouldn't be besties and so i know they like hang out and like drink wine together and are like do you think that our padawans are like in love and they're like yeah absolutely yeah definitely like, like, yeah, they were together. making it happen from day one. <laughs> they set them up on their first date. So true. Have you, such an interlude, have you read the fic on AO3 where Farzala locks Lula and Zine in a closet? It's a one shot. Like, when it, was it's it published. Like, like, at the very beginning. Like, I would say maybe, like, at the, mm, I think it actually was after Race to Crash Point Tower. Okay, then probably. So it's actually one of my favorite pieces. It's one of my favorite pieces of media ever written. And I do believe that it can be also a trope used in a Bell Reed story where Indira and Comac do lock Bell and Wraith in a closet. I think yes. that would make a lot of sense. And then they're like, huh, why are we here? And Indira's like, oh shoot, I can't get the door open. Sorry. <laughs> and then they have to talk about their feelings. It's literally perfect. Anyway, I think they're cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think they are, they are making it happen. Like they are doing everything in their power to get those two together as they should. Comac was like, I need to make sure that Reef is in a healthy and stable relationship before I like book it into the woods. So I can't with that. that. He was just looking out for him. He's like, you're knighted, and also you have a boyfriend. Comac is knighting Wreath, and he's like, it's going to be so devastating for him when I leave. But at least he has (laughs) That line actually had to get cut out of Minute Horizon because they needed to, like, shorten the book down, but, like, it was the original draft. It's almost a 500-page book. Like, they couldn't add everything. They didn't have it all. It was in the first draft. I do need Belle to be, like, prominently featured in a YA novel, though. Me too. Like, I feel so bad for him that it's like him and a bunch of adults. Like, let him have some friends his own age. Like, exactly. I know he's an adult, but it's like him and like the firebrands are the main characters of the adult novels. And I'm like, let him hang out with some other like 19, 20 year olds. No, exactly. Like, they 
he needs his people he needs friends outside of like Briaga who's missing and Stellan who died like come on yeah here's the thing here's the thing phase three I'm sure there's going to be a, a significant time jump and I do think that um Bell will be a, either a knight or a master at this point and I do think that he is going to have a Padawan um which makes me literally lose my mind but it's okay uh and I think that Wreath also is going to have a Padawan at this time which Wreath Silas is a Padawan are you kidding me anyways I think that their Padawans are also gonna fall in love it's just a lineage of boyfriends no so true I I just think that yeah I was gonna say oh yeah all the like lineages in Star Wars are queer like in in the High Republic are queer and then I was like but they actually are so it's not even a joke like they're all gay so true of them thank you High Republic can't wait for Lula's Padawan can't wait to see Mm. what flavor queer they are (laughs) let's talk about Lorna D okay so Lorna D and Sestin there's really not a ton of lore because they literally were just in Tempest Run together but Um, at least they met yeah and just a brief they're like basically canon like come yeah, on exactly. now if i asked kevin scott if they were in love he would say yes anyway yeah. maybe i will um anyway <laughs> so they met when lorna is aboard the restitution which is this like republic like prison ship because she gets arrested because she was a tempest runner and Sestin was arrested because she like she had like a gambling problem and then she like embezzled some money and then she like didn't pay back blah 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 so then she broke off too close to the sun literally and then someone was sent to like track her down and get the money and she killed them and so then she went to prison slay anyway (laughs) um my actually one of my favorite moments in tempest runner is when she's talking to lorna and lorna is like in her like she has like her fake persona because she can't let people know that she's like a nihil tempest runner and Sestin's like, you couldn't have done anything that bad. And Lorna's like, huh, really? And she's like, what did you do? And Sestin's like, I killed someone. And Lorna's like, that's hot. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that happened. That was actually the line. But also Sestin like talks to Lorna about how she has two kids like that she's like excited to see after she gets out of prison. Um, but basically Sestin kind of like looks out for Lorna almost, like not really knowing who she is. And Lorna's like, yeah, I'm like, a bad person whatever but like it's it's not a big deal whatever um but they like get really close while they're in prison together and then they were girlfriends um but then at the end of Te- spoilers for tempest runner obviously <laughs> at the end of tempest runner i was literally screaming crying throwing up because i already had shipped them by that point obviously and so first sesson finds out like who lorna actually is and she's like hmm you are like a really important high-ranking member of the Nihil kind of kind of sexy of you but like I have kids so I can't like join you whatever and then Lorna literally is like she it's this scene is just crazy like you just have to go listen to it I'm telling you but like she's like okay I could either she like fires her gun and then you don't know what happened or her like blast or whatever and you don't know what happened and it's like did she shoot Sestin or did she shoot Wittick my literal enemy we can't talk about him. We cannot talk about him. I'll start getting violent. Um, and then it like cuts out. And then when it cuts back, you find out that like she let Sestin go and she killed Wittick. And I was like, 
They're literally girlfriends. Shout out to there is exactly one fan fiction written about them on AO3, and it's like it's romantic, but like not really. Like it's kind of like it could be romantic, it could be platonic, and I'm like, let them kiss. Yeah. But it is really good. It's like they get to like say goodbye before Susan leaves. Like it's like a goodbye scene. Recommend. I can't remember what it's called, but like literally, if you look them up, it's the only thing that will come up. Mm-hmm. Might need to change that. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, they were just like prison girlfriends who both killed people and are both girl bosses. But I also, on a more like serious note, they're both Twi'leks. And one thing that is dealt with a lot in Tempest Runner is like the way that Twi'leks are treated, just like in the Star Wars universe. Which is the thing that we've always known that like different species are treated differently. Like it's really obvious specifically with Twi'leks, but like it's it's explored a lot more in Tempest Runner and they're both Twi'leks. And so they both like kind of have this attitude of like, maybe we need to stick together because like we know how people feel about our species. And so they actually have like a really interesting like relationship. And it also like, we get to see kind of a more like human side of Lorna than we've gotten to see. Like, like human is in like, beyond just like oh I'm a temperature runner I kill people and like make money and and do bad things whatever we get to see more of her like opening up a little bit to Sestin um which like good she needs to because she as we know from Tempest Runner has not been having a good time like ever in her entire life and men are the worst to her and just in general yeah but now she has a girlfriend and I can't wait for phase three when it is revealed that Lorna D actually left the Nihil because she was like, I'm I'm just done. Like, I, I can't be doing this anymore. And she finds Sestin, whose, like, sentence was almost up in Tempest Runner. And now we know, it, like, she let her go. And she's probably out, like, reunited with her sons. And then they, like, get married and raise two kids together and just have a good time. That's going to happen. That's in the Fulcrum Transmissions canon, but, like, it's gonna happen in phase three. Like, trust me. This is my inside information. Sestin and Lorna D love them so much because they are sexy girl bosses. Uh, but I really, I think that we totally went over this a million times over when we did our like Tempest Runner episode. But the way that like women are portrayed in terms of like, hmm, maybe women aren't actually treated very well in Star Wars in in universe. Um, and Kevin Scott does such an amazing job showing the impacts very subtly. I feel like subtly in terms of like, if you were a man reading this, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's normal. Because it's normal to you. Because I did listen to this with my friend who's a man. Mm-hmm. He's great. I do love him. But like, literally there were a few points where he was like, I don't get it. And I was like, it's not for you. <laughs> exactly. Like it wasn't, it's so funny because it like was not written. Like it was written for everyone because Star Wars is for everyone, right? But really this book felt like such a like, hey, girlies in the fandom, we really got you. Like we really see you. And it's so funny that it was also written by Kevin Scott, who is a man. But like Kevin Scott, why is different? He is different. <laughs> like like yeah. I'm telling you the way that he writes women the way that he wrote Avar Chris, like, is something so deeply personal. Anyway, and yeah, but just I haven't thought is responsible it. for that last panel of High Republic, the High Republic series. I wouldn't Kevin be able Scott to wrote it. that panel where Keith Trennis looked at Avar Chris and was like, "You don't have to be perfect all the time." Like, how do you? Yeah, how? He wrote like, Keith Trennis, just period. No, exactly. 
No, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly the point. Um, <laughs> anyways, I think I think that he is. Um, he wrote this book so well, and a big part of it is like. Lorna's story in general is very, very familiar to women and, and like resonates with so many of them. You go and read any review of this audio drama that's written by a woman and you're like, yeah, like it did its fucking job, you know? And so I think that especially, you know, like you were saying, they're both Twi'leks and that has a very obvious impact on the book and on their relationship. Another part of it is that they are really just like this is woman solidarity you know and yes they're girlfriends too but also they have a deep understanding of each other and of their position in the galaxy because you kind of think like Sestin is a very very she's very good woman representation everything that she has done she's done for her sons she's a mother she's doing the work uh and yes she did it illegally but like okay whatever Yes, she killed a man, but she did for her kids. No, I'm totally kidding. But like, kind of, you know, <laughs> like in fiction, I'm like, yes, so true. Um, I think that a lot of her her motivations are very much like, I need to be better for myself. Like I need to be, I need to better myself. I need to put in the work to be a better mom because being in jail, I'm not being a good mom, right? I'm not with my kids right now. Whereas Lorna, it's more subtle, like her, her arc is more subtle in terms of like womanhood and like what that means to her and what that means, means to her place in the galaxy, because she's so angry all the time. So true of her, like, actually, are you kidding me? I think that the exploration of like feminine rage in, in that book is so well done. Literally again, Kevin Scott, how are you in, how are you in our brains? truly I would like he to actually know. went inside my mind yeah he wrote Tempest Runner and like no, exactly anyways I think that um the places that they are they're they're both in when they meet is very um you know Lorna's been fucked up by men her whole life she's been screwed over time and time again she's in the process of being screwed over again by Wittick maybe I'll kill him um my and then, his first name is John. No, it's not. Maybe I need to reread this book because I didn't know that. Not the name John. Even Kevin Scott knows literally. about women in J names. His name is literally John Wittick. Get that out of here. Get that out. He's disgusting. Remember when like everyone thought that he was like hooking up with Lorna D and he like literally did nothing about it? Me too. Anyway, maybe she was right to kill him in the end. Like maybe I like cheered. No, maybe I did too. Sorry, Jess. Sorry to our friend Jess, who literally loves winter. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Jess, just text me right now if you're listening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they cried when Winnick died. <laughs> I'm texting them right now, actually. No! Jess, if you're listening, you need to make a public statement about this. <laughs> My friend who's a man who I listened to this with, like, I had already listened to it before. And I was, like, literally could not contain myself. Like, every time Wittig spoke, I was like, oh. and he was like, I don't understand. Like, he's not that bad. And then we got further in. He's like, oh, my God, I hate this guy. And I was like, no, literally. I also gaslit him into thinking that Pan Ada didn't die. <laughs> and then he, like, fake dies once. And he's like, oh, my God, you, like, 
gaslit me into thinking that pan ada lives and he actually dies and i was like whoops and then he like comes back and he was like oh, okay i thought you were like lying to me this whole time and then he literally dies at the end and i was like because he likes pan ada imagine Ew. disgusting disgusting i thought i heard them talking about it on rupalps but maybe i maybe i literally lied maybe i did too and i just like you blocked it out of your mind i would maybe they were talking and i heard wittick and i just like skipped fake rupalps fan okay i don't want to hear about john wittick his name is john <laughs> john wittick <laughs> so it's so beside the point <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying, to be quite honest. Something about girlies, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Just listen to our Tempestron episode. I also would like to say, I know that there are people that ship Quinn and Lorna, but here's how it is in the Fulcrum Transmissions canon, aka my brain. Um, so Quinn has a crush on Lorna. Don't we all? Like, relatable. Also, Quinn, my little glup shit, oh, I love her so much. Anyway, when she showed up in in uh the higher public comics i was like me my little girly and then everyone was like who is that and i was like my girl but anyway she has Everybody a crush on she died because at the end of that <laughs> i was like gonna do something drastic anyway um but she has a crush on lorna and lorna is like busy so then when they get to print that's why quinn sort of like becomes involved in that like anti-lorna plot with um i think tasia is her name because she's like sad and jealous that Lorna has a girlfriend now. But Lorna's yeah. with Sestin. Like, this is how it is in my brain. But like, also, I also when in Lorna. Yeah, I think I really do ship Lorna with like every single woman, to be yeah. honest. Lorna and Avar. They would Lorna say. and Avar. That was such a missed opportunity. I'm so sorry. Like, I know it's so like out there, but it really, really was. Instead of with the perfect enemy lovers, like, forget all the enemy lovers we talked about last week they could have been it no exactly like and not only that it could have made the fallen star just you know like like imagine like not that avar chris is in the fallen star basically at all it would have made the fallen star like like avar's avar gets to starlight beacon and she's like i have lorna and we're girlfriends and elzar man is like excuse me no because elzar man literally already cut a woman in half in that book and nothing even happened so like that wouldn't have been good just kidding that, that actually him doing that had nothing to do with his feelings for Avar chris write that down everyone yeah everyone make sure you hear that loud and clear some of the girlies are not gonna be happy to hear that <laughs> some of the girlies really really misinterpreted that entire book actually i think some people just shouldn't be allowed to talk about elsar and Avar. like if you don't get it just don't speak about them the girls that don't get it don't get it like that's just it i did just receive a text from jess Whoa. they are a wedding stand <laughs> why what did he ever do to deserve being stand the best <laughs> thing he ever did was die at the end of that novel oh my god damn i apologized to jess on behalf of fulcrum transmissions podcast. no not me not on behalf of me i do not apologize <laughs> Jess, we love you so much. Sorry that Claire is literally so aggressive today. Sorry that you have to be a Wittick stan. I thought you were my ally, Jess. You were, like, we were united in hating Luther Hargreaves, and now I'm learning this. (laughs) Wittick and Luther Hargreaves are kind of the same. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but don't disrespect Luther Hargreaves like that. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Wow. And now we really understand Claire's hatred for John Whitting. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like, I can't. For those of you who don't know, Claire is literally obsessed with the Umbrella Academy, and it's all my fault. Um, you want to know something so upsetting? I told Sage this already, but I am currently watching it for the third time. I'm on season three. Mm-hmm. I finished it for the first time less than two weeks ago. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> it is. That is pretty dark. It's okay. It's fine. Diego Hargreaves is worth it. So true. That man, I'm obsessed with him. Anyways. I'm there for Diego and Ben. Everyone else, like, is fine. Watch your, watch your mouth. What about Klaus? I do love Klaus, too. But Diego and Ben are just, like, a li- like on their own plane of existence in my brain. The Ben season three... But that's a different Ben. That's that's not my man, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. Anyways, I'm a five in Klaus Stan to the, my core. I love Diego Hargreaves in the same way that I love a a broken man who makes me feel protected. He's so Those are all my favorite characters are broken men. But... <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> I just said that Diego Hargreaves was so Joel Miller coded. I can't with you. But it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't wait for the last. <gasps> is that I want Joel Miller to be my dad and I want to kiss Diego Hargreaves on the mouth. That's so interesting to me. What does that mean? I just like I also want to kiss Joel Miller on the mouth. <laughs> he needs to be my dad. He's a- okay. The thing is, all my favorite characters are like men who are really messed up. But then there's a divide of whether I want them to be like a parental figure to me or whether I want to kiss them. Okay. Two categories of men that I like. Someone needs to study me. I think <laughs> I would love to see that study. <laughs> I should make like a like a chart mm-hmm. of men that I need to like have a normal emotion about. Yeah. No, me too, to be honest. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> and that's I mean, like- about men that I love this is about these two women that I love. Anyway, any final thoughts about Belle Reith and or Cesta and Lorna don't really have a ship name. I just told Jess that you're slandering them on the pod right now. <laughs> this is like never your They thing. said, why did you want to know? We love that. I hope, every, I hope this entire episode just goes unedited. Like it just, you it's getting muffled. All of Jess and listen to their podcast. <laughs> Because they actually are very smart and have really good opinions about most things. I thought everything, but I guess I was wrong. Hey, you're obsessed with Elzar Man. Yeah, no. This is, this is the breakup. This is the breakup between folk group transmissions and Rupert's Padres. Anyways, my final thoughts on Bellary <laughs> are that they're boyfriends. They have a very healthy, loving relationship. Um... And ultimately, I feel like their relationship is going to end like all relationships do. Not in death, because we're not burying any gaze on on this podcast. Absolutely not. Um, But I do think that eventually they're going to have to decide to be Jedi Masters and raise Padawans. And they can't be in a relationship while they do that because of the Jedi Code. And I think that they're going to have a very healthy parting in which they're like, I love you a lot, but I also have to let you go. And then they'll reunite at some point and be so adorable. But, you know, just like the fire really, yeah. 
hopefully Reek does not follow in his master's footsteps and like run into the woods as soon as they break up and he just runs no don't even manifest it don't even manifest it but then I could see Comac again no I miss Comac I I know I hope he comes out of the woods I hope he just comes back as like a really old man and he's like hey guys remember me Oh my comes back as a really old man and meets Reed Silas's future Padawan. Okay. We can be doing this right now. now. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode.